RPG for You and Me presents a special Patreon miniseries. Welcome to Silica Valley. So you guys have exited the cavern leading into the mall. Uh, There is a storm brewing to your left. I don't know what cardinal direction that is. The light has started to die down. It's darker out. And this enormous beetle is hovering in the air near you with the figure on top who's shouting down with his amplified voice. Greetings, thieves, tomb plunderers, and or scavengers. I am the custodian, caretaker of blasphemous trash, entrusted with ensuring it remains in the garbage heap from whence it came. Desist in your looting and place your tainted gains upon the ground immediately, or I will be forced to dispose of you as refuse as well. He's a very tall, hulking figure dressed in beetle armor, much like the the guardsman that you had been chased by in episode one. The armor is like a green-black that shines in the sun, but also has like a weird mottled appearance to it as well. Like an oil spell? Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it. He's wearing a helmet that looks like a modified beetle head where the eyes have been taken out. And then I think there's just a slot in the front that he can look out through as well. And then where the mandibles would be is where his mouth would be. What do you do as soon as uh, you guys come out and see this? I want to grab Sia, grab her wrist for a moment. Our dark, my dark vision's still going. I've been maintaining that the whole time, so my my PowerPoints reflect that. I whisper quietly, follow my lead. All right. And then I am going to yell, get down, and then dive into the sand in front of me, like in a fetal pose, child pose, I guess. Dive down, hunkering with my one hand over my head, my other hand on Sia's as I pull her into the sand with me. And then I want to activate sand shaping. Holy shit. Yeah, you can definitely do that. What are you uh, trying to achieve with the maneuver? I am going to be making a large snake-like creature appear behind me out of sand and start moving around and to make it look like something's attacking us from the cavern behind us. Oh, that's neat. That's pretty cool. Okay. So were you wanting to activate a power? You said you wanted to activate a power with this, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm activating sand shaping, which is telekinesis, rethemed, and mm-hmm. yeah, that will cause this effect to happen. Okay. This sounds kind of like a test to me, because you're you're using your power in an attempt to outsmart him, to trick him, right? Like yeah. you're trying to fool him into thinking something is attacking you guys. Are you trying to uh, distract him, to lose interest in you guys, to shift his attention? Yes, I think that would be the most appropriate. I don't think he'd be vulnerable yet, because I wouldn't be able to move this to him quite yet if it goes that way. Sure, okay. Go ahead and roll your activation okay. for your power. Go set and I'll go ahead and roll essence. A seven. That is a success. That activates. Let me go ahead and roll some smarts for him. Usually when you do a test, the resisting attribute matches 
the attribute linked to the skill that you use, but thematically makes more sense if it's smarts. He has a D6 smarts. He got a one and a five, so you succeed, but not with a raise, meaning he is successfully distracted by this. So can you tell me a little bit about how how it moves? Like, what are you, what are you making it look like to him? Basically a giant version of a cobra. Diffused sand starts coming up and raising up and taking shape and the hood furls out and then it lifts up and its sand-like mouth opens, a tongue flashing and teeth hanging down. Slithering side to side above me and Sia for a moment. I wanted to raise its head and look at him on top of the beetle and snap and start moving over into a position that's somewhat in between us and him, but like looking diagonal, like it's trying to dart its head and split the difference between us. Gotcha, very cool. So you and Sia are diving down into the sand to try to cover yourselves or obscure from view or just look like you're dodging away from this creature. I wanted to look like we're trying to dodge away from the creature. Gotcha. Sia is grateful that she still has these snowboard goggles on. <laughs> also, as this happens, you know how lizards have that third eyelid mm -hmm. that blinks sideways? Oh, yeah. The semi-clear one. Mine snap over my eyes for a moment as, as this starts up. Very cool. You look up through the haze of sand that is blowing from the sandstorm to your left, starting to coat over the area. The cobra takes shape. You move it back and forth, position it sort of between you and the custodian, but off to the side in the threatening posture. And far above you, he reaches down to his belt and snaps out this telescoping staff that he holds with one hand, lets out a battle cry. There, look what you've unearthed. And he leaps off the beetle's head. There are some Cory engine jets on the back of his armor that flare to life as he jumps down at a diagonal trajectory, flying down towards the cobra construct that you've just created. Looks like he is going to try to interpose himself between it and you guys, hmm. twirling the staff in his hand as he jets down there. I'm going to treat this as still a somewhat abstracted situation until we have a clear idea of how it's going to resolve. So that's what he is going to do. What would you guys like to do following that? I would like to start crawling Polincia towards where I know the truck is hidden underneath the tarp. See, so he's got her hand tight on their bag of stolen garbage, I think he called it. <laughs> I would like to, I mean, I have my backpack full of stuff, but I would also like to start wielding the snowboard as if I'm trying to shield myself from that direction and appear as afraid as possible. Very cool. Why don't you go ahead and roll me a performance? Oh, Let's yeah. Let's see how good your performance is. <laughs> not. <laughs> I have a little bit of persuasion, but not much performance. So that'll be a D4 minus two with my wild die. Can I roll a smart to see if I'm picking up what he's putting down? If you think you need to, sure. I might. <laughs> go, go ahead, yeah. Oh, I blew up my four. Very nice. Add another D4 to that. Uh, another four. Wow. I got a six. Another four. Jeez. And a two with a minus two. A 12. Very nice. Okay, let's see here. He's got... Okay, he got a four. So you got a success with two raises over his ability to see past this deception. Oh, and he had a minus two because he was distracted. <laughs> so he got a two. Sia, you got a six on your smarts to see if you could determine what I did. Yes. he's putting down. Okay, then. Yeah, I think you have an inkling as to what the game plan is at this time. I'm going to maybe utilize one of his raises to go along with it, if that's acceptable. Yeah, of course. 
your performance is sufficient enough that you convince him that you are the victim in this situation, at least in the immediate moment here, and you can begin slinking off towards your hiding space to try to unearth your vehicle. He is going to continue trying to fight this construct that you've pulled out. And because this is more of an abstracted ability, if you wanted to use this as like a separate minion in combat in the future, that would be something for some an ally or I think there's a power for it. You can still control it and use it in the weaponized form that you described if that's what you're trying to do in the situation to buy yourself time. Basically, it's just me giving an image to what the sand shape would look like anyways. It's moving around like a telekinetically lifted object. It's just somewhat animated when I do it. Gotcha. Super cool. He's going to spend a turn fighting this. So let me go ahead and make a roll for him. What's the toughness of sand? You know, we're coming back to an abstraction. He's holding it in a shape. It's not necessarily a creature that he can destroy. So this is probably going to fall back on his ability to determine that this is subterfuge and not like an actual creature. So he can, you know, swing a staff through it and hit some sand. But if Silica is actively holding the sand in place, then it's not going to fall to the ground or anything like that, you know? So he succeeds in his fighting and see how much damage he deals to this thing. Too bad, seven. As you pull your snowboard over your head and start to shy away back to where you know your jeep to be hidden, he continues twirling his staff in front of him, sweeping it through the sand and debris in the air, just trying to knock the cobra down to pieces. What sort of motions are you making it do at him? I'm going to have it do that snake dance side to side, maybe dodging away a little bit and maybe making a feigned bite towards him, but not actually land, just like... We get a couple of shots of the custodian springing back and forth, dancing out of the way as the cobra makes its hissing, spitting motions, trying to dart forward at him. He doesn't take the time to turn around and look at you guys because he assumes you're still right behind him. Mm -hmm. And he says, You see, this is what happens when you delve too deeply. Continues his pantomiming a fight that he doesn't realize is <laughs> pantomiming. <laughs> he's in full battle mode, so he's you know, swinging it through and going, Ah! knocking down to die. What's this beetle doing? Uh, it's still just floating just up hanging there. hanging out. It's, I think it's too big to reasonably care. Like, if, this, if this thing gets too much lower, it's going to start spraying sand everywhere. That's so a good point. It's staying up there. Yeah, so he appears to be busy in the background. So Have I described how Sia runs extra fast? No. Oh, I haven't even talked about how my character walks and he walks funny too. <laughs> she moves her back legs because she only has two of them in tandem with like her regular running legs, but they go out further and they dig in real deep and catapult her forward. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Super fast. Yeah, <laughs> it looks goofy, <laughs> but she go fast. Nice. She go fast. No, I was imagining a set. The way he moves is the thorny devils that I based him off of. They'll like step and they'll, they'll like bob their head when they're doing it. Like Bob it twice, oh. everyone steps. So I, I imagine he's kind of got that Shaggy from Scooby-Doo walk <laughs> when he's casually walking where he, he'll like rock his shoulders and bob his head. I love that. That's, That's so yeah. good. That's very fun. You can take a Benny for that one. I like that a lot. <laughs> oh, me? Just Sweet. two goofballs. <laughs> yeah. I just like the image of you guys doing your silly walks back, you know, over to the Jeep <laughs> and this guy fighting sand. Just He's fighting sand. And I, I mean, I, I imagine once in a while I'm turning around working sand in between my fingers while I'm doing that. It's not a required trapping for his power, but I like to imagine that the way he's learned how to do it, he feels he needs to have contact with sand. So he holds sand like when he dived into the sand, his hand was in the sand when he cast the power and he likes to touch sand when he's focusing on it, like as Tactile a focus component. Fella. Yeah. Nice. 
But yeah, and as he's running, this head's like bobbing twice with every step, like as he's going forward, but it's way faster because he's like trying to hurry. <laughs> that action definitely carries you over to the Jeep, which you had since put sand over it to disguise it. So it's mm -hmm. concealed in a mound of sand here. What is your next general plan here? I'm going to cry out, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do anything like this while I start trying to pull the tarp up to try and slide underneath to where the Jeep is. We didn't know what we'd unearthed. Oh no. She I shouts unconvincingly. <laughs> Please save us. She says that she's digging with her hands trying to get the sand off. Your people's wisdom is... <laughs> are you digging it out by hand or are you using a power to... Sia has to, but... <laughs> Well, I'm asking yeah, uh, more for more for set. I am going to reach down and try and pull it away at first and see how dense it is. And if it, I mean, if I can realistically get it up and get underneath there, that's fine. But otherwise, I'll try and pull the sand off of it in a little bit here. Gotcha. If, uh, if well, I can't get in there. For sure. I think um, my main thought there is I don't know that you can simultaneously use your power to keep him occupied and quickly unearth this. Yeah. So my thought would be if you want to maybe let's make an athletics check to see if you can uh, kind of get it up and over in one fell swoop. And I'm going to say this is going to be at a minus two because you specifically put sand all over it to make it more concealed. Oh, yeah. But a success here means that you get it off completely. You'll be fine. If you fail, it'll probably take you a little bit longer, which you could then speed up with your powers if you want to. OK, cool if Sia wants to assist. I do. Make a support with her athletics. athletics so is I rolled a, a one and a two. Hi, <laughs> crit filled. Oh God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to spend that one bit you gave me to re-roll this for myself at least. Okay, I blew up uh, my wild die. Okay. I uh, blew up that wild die. Oh, okay, good, yeah. good, good. And a uh, three. A 15 total now. Okay, so you got a 15 uh, minus two from your penalties, 13 minus two from CS crit fail is an 11. Yeah. Maybe she's not even digging in the right place. Yeah, I've <laughs> she's, she's getting more sand on it. Like I'm pulling on it, you go to pull on it, a bunch of sand pours onto you and me as you like pull it up in an awkward thing. So it does that weird trampoline thing where it just like dumps a bunch of sand onto us. <laughs> I'm like scuttering backwards oh. and catch myself with my tail right before I fall over and just pull the rest of the way and it falls all off, dumping sand like all over the top of it. She punches through because she forgot it's like a cloth top Jeep and she punches the cloth and that's what sets off the little sand avalanche. <laughs> She's like. <laughs> <laughs> so see it covered in sand, set able to wrench the tarp off with a nice sweep and flourish. The rest of the sand dumps off onto the ground and you are able to unearth your Jeep, which now has free reign to leave whenever appropriate. See is in the passenger seat. Let me tell you. I'm going to roll his notice to see if he notices what's happening here based on you guys doing that. I'm going to let that distracted carry forward here. So he, he is not yet noticed. You know what? Can I have Sia leave her snowboard that she grabbed? Leave it behind like she dropped it. So maybe he won't follow them. Because she doesn't have a great need for a snowboard. She just kind of grabbed it because Set was grabbing one. And You can drop whatever you want whenever you want. It's a free action. Yeah, <laughs> it's my free action. I dropped my <laughs> snowboard. Sure. You guys had successfully unearthed the Jeep. He failed to notice what you guys were doing, but you had been calling over. Oh, no, help us. You know, what have, what have we done? We're so sorry. And he calls back. That's why you need to leave the past where it belongs. Continue fighting off the, the dirt serpent for the time being. 
The derpent. The derpent. Sand serpent. Yeah, it's a serpent. serpent. The word that's still the same now. So your Jeep is unearthed, and you are free to proceed with whatever it is you'd like to do. Let's get out of here! Yeah, I'm going to jump into the driver's seat, throwing the snowboard in the back of my car, start revving it up to try and peel out of there. He's definitely going to hear the engine start. Mm -hmm. So when he hears the engine start, he turns around and sees that you're already kicking it into gear and flooring it. And that's probably going to start a chase. (laughs) Sounds right. Based on how you guys have chosen to go about the situation, which I fully approve of. Would you like to make me a driving roll at the very start to set the stage for what we're doing here? You're already going to have a little bit of a head start based on the fact that you psyched him out a little here. Okay, I rolled a five. Five, okay. Then I will not assist in any way. (laughs) The range of my sand shaping is twice my smarts. My smarts is a D8. So that means 16 inches, which comes out to, what is it, two yards, 30. Oh, that would be more than two yards because each, so each thing is two yards. So that'd be like eight yards. So you're, you're good. Um, right, the same kind of smarts. It, it'll basically fall apart as soon as you guys start driving away because the range will be disparity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is there a way I could have the bulk of the sand fall on top of him? Are you trying to damage him or hamper his ability to follow you? Hamper the ability to follow us. Just slow him down a bit, especially for that first round. So like start the engine up. I do a head check, look at him, let go of the sand in my hand, and then it just lumps on top of him. (laughs) Yeah, I think you can definitely do that. I'm thinking that's going to be another test here. So you go ahead and roll your essence die. He is probably going to make an agility to see if he can get out of the way here. I'm going to let his previous distraction ride on that because I think it's funny. His agility is d6. He gets a three. I rolled a 12. A 12, so yeah. My goodness. What we see here is he's hefted his staff through the creature again and sort of cut a section out the middle as he hears you guys gunning it in the Jeep and start to peel away with your successful drive roll. And he turns around. He he starts to shout something after you, but as you're starting to leave the area of effect, you pull the dirt down on top of him and it just smushes him right to the ground in in a heap. Hey, you! It's face planted into the ground. So this is a good opportunity because you got a success and a raise. We can roll on the creative combat table if you'd like. Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be great. Uh, Chase, if you'd like to roll me 2d6 and tell me what you get. I will, and I have the creative combat table open up to me on my screen right here. Hell yeah! Double whammy. All right, he's distracted and vulnerable. That seems appropriate given what's (laughs) happened here. So you were already one ahead of him. I'm going to put you guys a full two cards ahead of him right now. In vehicle chases like this, the range increment is usually 25 feet, you know, like five normal spaces. So you guys are effectively 50 feet ahead of him in this chase by the time he is able to get himself up and start to participate. That sandstorm is blowing in. I think we're probably at the point where you're sort of on the edge of it, so you can stay out of it, or if you chose, you could go into it, which would carry penalties for both you and him if he were to follow you into it as well. Would I know if I would be able to negate the darkness penalties that might happen inside that sand cloud with my dark vision? Absolutely, yeah. So we are just plowing through a sandstorm, right? Yeah. You're not in it yet. Oh, okay. But you you could be if that's what you're going for. So I would choose to drive into it and then start trying to maybe, if the driving becomes too difficult for me, maybe try and use some of my power to calm it around me. But at first, I'm just going to start driving straight into it. Awesome. 
let's go ahead and start the chase. I'm going to deal one card for both groups. So you guys are going to go on the same card and you can determine how you'd like to go. So your card is a, a joker. Ooh, I'll take that. Uh, and he is a three of hearts. Yeah. So you guys both get a Benny. Sweet. Because you've drawn a joker and you get a plus two to everything you do this round. My, my, my. So in a chase, he is still on the ground, but you can see him already starting to shove himself back up out of the pile of sand and dirt. The jets on the back of his armor start to flare to life as he pushes himself to his feet in preparation of flying after you. What would you like to do? I'd like to gun it. Ooh, before he guns it, can Sia do like a test against the custodian? What are you doing and how? She just wants to shout back. Watch out, there are more of them coming. Okay, yeah, go ahead and roll. I could see that either being a persuade or a taunt. Well, I don't have taunt, but my persuasion is a d4 minus one. So I'll do that because it's a plus one right now. D4, why is it a minus one? Oh, it's my outsider hindrance. Okay, gotcha. for, for here, because she's not from here. So nobody trusts her quite as much as they that should. That definitely applies here. So, okay. So you're at a d4 minus one by default. He is vulnerable, so you get a plus two. I think I won't apply any further penalties to that just because he failed all of his roles through that situation. <laughs> it does not seem what a to be yeah, right. So, yeah. He is also distracted and vulnerable right now at the same time. He is. So she gets a plus two and he gets a minus two. Uh, if you would like to go ahead and roll your bones there, Ellie. I will roll these bones. I want to Benny this once. Okay. Because I got a four, but I don't, I don't like how I want more. Okay. <laughs> I want more. <laughs> Give me more. Well, <laughs> that is a t -t 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 10. Very nice. Yeah, that's not uh, bad. He rolled a four minus two. So you got well. a success with two raises. Would you also like to roll on the creative combat table? Yes, 2d6. 2d6. Five. Another double whammy. He's both distracted <laughs> and vulnerable. Nice. Can can we flavor that? Like he maybe doesn't get to his beetle this turn or something? I'll just have that count him as shaken since he's already distracted and vulnerable. I'll just roll that into shaken. Cool. Very cool. She turns around. It's like, we're going to need to go. <laughs> She's also tongue tied. Set is gunning it. You can maneuver as a free action to try to move forward. If you want to spend your whole turn gunning it, you get a further plus two to your roll. Yeah, I would like then spend the whole turn going. Awesome. Then go ahead and make your roll. And for each success and raise you get on this, you move a space forward. You get a plus two for spending your turn on it. And that's on top of any bonuses from your vehicle's handling or anything like that. So with the plus two, it comes out to a nine total. Lovely. That is two positions forward. You guys are now, let's see, one, two, three, four cards ahead of him. Once you have five spaces between you, you can begin using the escape maneuver. Flee, it's flee. Oh, at least four chase cards between them and the closest foe. <laughs> so if you guys maintain this distance, you could conceivably try to escape next turn, but we'll see. Very nice. Uh, you want to give me a shot of how you gun it and get all that space between you and him before he can even get up and do anything? Yeah, so as the um, sand lands on him and Sia yells to distract him, I pop it into reverse and do that like jet straight back and then that power break where I fucking whip it back around, pop it into drive and just go straight into the cloud, like kicking up sand behind me, try and crest over one of the dunes right into the sandstorm brewing in front of us. Sia looks up with big eyes at like the wall of fucking sand that's just roiling there. And she's like, uh, is this a good idea? Good enough. <laughs> All right, yeah, you guys uh, start to disappear into that sandstorm. The custodian is going to shove himself to his feet and begin to try pursuing. 
his vehicle is faster than yours, so he does get a plus one to his maneuvering here. But, all right, well, I rolled a six, plus one is a seven, but uh, I didn't unshake for him, so let me do that first. Ooh, blew that up. So he definitely unshakes. So he moves forward one as his free action. He shouts after you and he says, Turn back! Don't go into the storm! That's death! You fools! He's going to try to intimidate Set because he's the one driving. So Set, if you could make me a spirit roll, you do still get your Joker. Your plus two to resist this. Nice. Oh, man. Bad. He got a four minus two. I'm going to spend one of his bennies. So blow up a six. Blow up a six. Four. Uh, so he got... 16 minus two is 14. Good Lord. My wild die blew up and I got a nine total, uh, but with a 14 looming ahead of me, I'm gonna spend another Benny and re-roll that to see if I can improve that at all. Oh no, but that nine turns into an 11. Sure, did you add your plus two to the Joker? Yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and spend a Benny to try and gotcha. beat it. And then he would have been at a 14, so he would have a success, but not a raise on that. My six blows up, and then I get a five, 11 plus two, 13. I still don't beat it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let that ride. Unless you'd like to Benny it again, he will get a success, and he's trying to distract you. Okay, so he's gonna distract you until the end of your next turn. You see him start to fly forward with his own speed, uh, but you guys are still well ahead of him with your momentum. And that'll be that turn. And I actually have to shuffle this again because we drew a Joker as the first card. Well, well, well. I can't remember a time that's happened. It might've, but... Who could say? You guys get a 10 of diamonds. He gets a seven of hearts. So you guys get to go first again. And he is currently three cards behind you. So the chase is still active and you can't quite escape yet. Okay. But if you move into the cloud, then this would be like, if you're purposefully going into the cloud and you make a movement, this would be the turn that happens. So yeah, I'm purposely going into the cloud, use my free action to move forward, which puts a step four, and then I'm gonna try and flee. You can use your free action to maneuver and that doesn't cost you anything. Mm -hmm. So I'll go ahead and roll to drive. And you are distracted right now. So you will get a minus two to this one. Yes, so minus two. That's a five. I'm gonna spend a Benny to try and clench this. Oh no, that's two threes. So yeah, I don't pull forward <sighs> Okay. on my free action. So because that's a free action, your escape maneuver was not like part of a multi-action. So even though you declared it and can't do it, you're not stuck with it. So you can still try to do something else here if you'd like. Your turn isn't over yet. What if I use the entire turn to do that one movement forward? and then got a plus two for doing that to negate the minus two. I'll let you go ahead and do that retroactively, but usually you have to declare that beforehand. Okay, okay. Then yeah, that'll be it. That puts me at a five, so I do pull forward. All right, so you guys are four spaces ahead yet again here. You are now into the cloud. So I think for the cloud here, you have your dark vision, so you're not gonna mm -hmm. suffer any of these penalties and Sia has it too, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that would normally impose four points of vision penalties, which you guys are currently immune to. There may be other things that pop up, who knows? Sia, what would you like to do? Sia is gonna grab their backpacks and try to hide the stuff away in the trunk in case they do get caught up with. Okay. Uh, there's not really a trunk. It's like a bed, right? 
Yeah, so yeah, you'd have to like bury it under the garbage. I have the pack there already. She turns to Set and asks, do you have like a, a hidey hole? Do you got a little compartment back there? I just need, if you, our stuff's gonna be gone if he gets us. Try under the seats right there. Jamming a whole snowboard. The tarp, put under the tarp. She's gonna do her best. She leaves like a couple pairs of sunglasses in her own bag. So she can be like, oh, you got me. <laughs> you have something to give up yeah. to make them think you won. Okay. But all all the sodas and random crap they grab, she's just jamming it under the seats and covering it with a bedroll or something, like stuck it in place. Sure. I would like, uh, while that's going on, to grab one of the sodas out of the hand real quick and like snap that, pull my goggles down. Watch out for coin purse down there and then start drinking while I'm driving. Coin purse. <laughs> I don't see a wallet. All right. Would you like to? <laughs> would you like to make me some sort of skill to see how well you do this? Like, I think it's hmm. it's safe to say that you could get things organized this way. I'm just curious how well you've managed to hide things. Would it be stealth. It could be stealth. I could see a stealth or a thievery or. Well, I can tell you which one of those I don't have. Okay. Well, then go ahead. Let's do a stealth here. Okay. Five. Five is a success. Okay. Passable. I'll, I'll remember that. Very nice. And it is his turn. Man, he would surely love to catch up to you guys. So I think he's spending his entire turn, as boring as that sounds, to try to catch you. <laughs> gonna shoot out one of our tires with a clacker. I guess he could try. Yeah, I think he's just gonna try to reposition and catch you guys. That's a plus two. That is not enough. He's still trying to put the juice on and catch you guys. You see him going over a couple of dunes far behind you, barely hovering over the ground as he zips forward. You guys enter the storm and he disappears from sight. And so can... is he not on his beetle? No, he's he's, he's using his jetpack thingy. Correct. He's flying Ooh. using his own armor. Maybe uh, as you guys had turned around right before you went into the cloud, you could see that the giant pie dish like beetle had swiveled and started to hover in your direction after him. So it's sort of following slowly behind him as he chases you. Exactly. He starts to shout something else at you guys, but that's when you disappear into the storm itself and all noise is gone. You guys can barely hear one another, even just a foot, two feet away. Is there like heat lightning in here? It's mostly dark. Maybe there is that occasional flash of light somewhere, but it's like when you have your eyes closed and you see light through your eyelids. Ooh. Like all you can see is that there is light. It doesn't help you to see better. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. You guys can see each other because you can see in the darkness. So that doesn't apply to you right now. I think based on Set's trappings, you guys can probably see at least out to a normal distance here. So nothing nothing of note, you know, it's just wind and sand and silt whipping in the, in the breeze. But that is his turn. And we're gonna go back to you guys. King of spades, he gets an eight of hearts. So you guys get to act again. You are no longer distracted. That ended at the end of your last turn. Okay, then yeah, I would like to try and, is he three cards behind us? He is four cards. One, two, three, yep. He's four cards behind you right now. Yeah, then I'd like to try and flee. You can make a maneuvering roll at minus four. And if you're successful, then you guys have gotten away. And for every additional card you put between you, it reduces that penalty by two. Can I assist with a notice? Looking out for big honking dunes and stuff that would hamper our fleeing. Yeah, I think that's appropriate if you want to make a support roll. And if you would like to make a, a free maneuvering roll to try to get further away before fleeing, that's also something you can do. Got a five. Yeah, I'd like to do that first. Got a five. Yeah, okay. help reduce that penalty somewhat. Gotcha. Do you, are you supporting his 
put distance or his flee? Flee. Flee, okay. Yeah, go ahead and do your maneuvering first then for change Ooh. position. Two and two. I'm not able to maneuver forward that much more, but then I'm gonna try I'm gonna try and flee at the minus four. Go for it. Sia, you got a success? Yep, just one. Okay, so you get a plus one from Sia, so you can reduce that to a minus three instead. Okay. Six blows up into a seven on the dice. Minus three comes out to a four. Nice. We did it. Okay, you are successful in your flea action, which means you guys have either put enough distance or enough obstacles between you and him that he loses track of you entirely. Sandstorm seems like a pretty decisive obstacle for a guy with a jetpack armor. Absolutely. Honestly, I probably should have given you a bonus to the flea roll because <laughs> of how you chose to flee from him. Goodbye. <laughs> I don't mind the skin of her teeth, but thematically it sounds really good. How do you help him find a better route? Because that would have been a fail without CS plus one. She maybe spots a rock outcropping that kind of looks like it might just be dune that they could go over, but then she sees it's much sharper than the rest of the surrounding environment and she slaps both his arm and is like, God, no, left. Wiggles her hand off because she slapped his spikes. <laughs> <laughs> I just glance over and then pull the wheel and just go under the rock outcrop there. You guys disappear deeper into the storm. It becomes pretty clear to you that he has either not followed you or has lost track of you entirely and that you've made a clean getaway or a, a very, very dirty, scratchy, abrasive getaway. Did you know that guy? Did I? I don't think that you would have ever met the custodian yourself. If you'd like to make... Maybe a common knowledge roll. We can see if you know yeah, who it would like be. Common knowledge. No modifiers. I would imagine I'm like aware that that guy existed in a concept, but I don't think I've ever ran into him. So a six blows up to a three comes at nine total. Yeah. With a raise, you've definitely heard of the custodian. What you would know about the custodian is that it's a title. You know, it's a mantle of a position. It's not necessarily just one person for the Breon tribe mm -hmm. and their whole philosophy of leave the old world where it is, make new technology, don't use old stuff or old products. He, he basically told you what his role is, is, you know, he's responsible for making sure that things stay where they're supposed to stay and don't make their way back out into the world and that people don't mess with stuff that doesn't concern them. With a raise, you know that the current guy is a Nakir, even though that didn't uh, specifically come up in this circumstance. So you, you've heard of him before, Set. You know that he is out there. There might even be more than one custodian. You're not entirely sure how that works, but this is the first time that you actually encountered him. You know that he is certainly a formidable adversary in combat and that, you know, he has the technology that you guys saw him use. So, yes, you do have some working knowledge of the custodian. He's a, a mean old dude, if not several mean old dudes, and if not old. He was probably at least in his 40s, oh, okay. you know, based on his demeanor and his voice, maybe 50s, who knows. Age is a, a, a more wibbly-wobbly concept than our sitting, too, because somebody could be, like, older but not old, you know? Yeah, I was using it more as a casual descriptor, like a mean old dude, you know, not actually in regards to his age. <laughs> mean, that's... mean old, apostrophe, <laughs> O-L. He, he seems like he's in possibly middle-aged. I think your description is uh, appropriate and accurate. Well, yeah. Sia, Sia is, she's late 30s, early 40s, so she's like old. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, we pull behind that rock outcrop, kill the engine, take a breath, wait for a moment, wait to hear those jets, 
nothing happens, nothing happens. And then I breathe a sigh of relief as the sand is whipping around us. I want to finish the jolt I uh, cracked open, take a breath and look at you and say, did you see coin purse? I, I didn't see a wallet down there. Uh, Is uh, it maybe your glove box, maybe? And she opens I mean, it to peek in, <laughs> which might be rude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would like coin purse to actually be sitting there in the glove box, just <laughs> blinking and staring at Sia as that happens. It's wonderful. Can you tell us about coin purse? So yeah, coin purse looks kind of like a lizard, maybe a bearded dragon, frumpy and chonk. <laughs> yeah, chonky boy. And yeah, he's just sitting there, maybe with some roasted crickets next to him in the in the glove box, just blinking at uh, Sia. She's startled at first, but her line of work takes her into places where she sees weird animals a lot of the time. So maybe it doesn't surprise her as much as your average person. She's like, oh. I know this isn't what he's doing, but when you said he has uh, roasted crickets there, I just imagined he's like in a little hot tub. Just <laughs> picking a cricket up when you open it up and just looks over at you like, what? <laughs> like fucking hedonism bot. Yeah. <laughs> can I pick him up? Yeah, I, I imagine you can. You got three fingers, right? I do. I meant, will he bite me? He hasn't bitten me yet. Not hard. Can I roll an animal handling? <laughs> Uh, I don't, oh, what would that be? I don't think animal handling. I think exists. that's a D and D skill. But is there something adjacent, like um, a persuasion? There's a riding skill. Well, here's the thing. You know, the uh, coin purse is Set's pet, so mm -hmm. I feel like Chase would, you know, be familiar with his demeanor. So I don't know that he's gonna bite you by default or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say if there is a role to be made, it's up to Chase, and uh, he can determine, you know, what that would be and how difficult. Yeah, a persuasion. Persuasion, and I am an outsider, especially to this thing. But you are, I don't know, because you handle animals a lot, so you might not count as an uh, outsider hmm. in this particular case. Uh, I would tend to agree with Chase if if you handle it, oh, oh, unless oh. this is a type of animal that you do not normally deal with, right? Like you're normally a fish person and you deal with. If I don't have a minus one, I've received a five from my wild die. Okay, well then I will... I don't know uh, why I said it like that. But. I will allow Chase to tell us how that affects Coin Purse, if at all. Coin Purse is just kind of almost lethargic and sleepy. Mm -hmm. So when you reach down and pick him up, he just kind of like lumps head into your hand. So sweet. She tries to pick him up like you do with a chubby cat, where you like get him under their front haunches and just hold him up so they extend real long. She's like, look at you. Coin Purse? Yeah, kind of looks like a coin purse. Hey, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she like wiggles him back and forth a little bit. There's this chunky lizard. Oh. What color is he? Tan. Brick red spiked frills along his cheeks. Such a chunky boy. So chunky. She's feeding him some crickets while she continues to talk to Set and says, How long should we wait here? Are we going to out outwait the storm? Do you know how to get back? I don't want that guy to catch us. Well, give me a second to try and get my bearings here, and then um, I think we could try and make it through the storm and get a little cover still. Sounds good to me. Okay. Where are we going? Probably, uh, I think, back to the hub, see if we can offload some of our salvage and look at the maps around there that they have and compare that to what we got going on with um, this map of the Glittering Path. Yeah, what the fuck is that? I don't know. The drone didn't seem very helpful. Yeah, it was uh, some pre-zero thing. It just seems really interesting to me. I mean, I'm in. I think it sounds like a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, we, 
hopefully we'll run into some of the stuff you're looking for, you know? I'll know it when I see it. Perfect. She hopes. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Desperately. So I like that you guys are having this conversation by the rock outcropping, which probably has a little bit of shelter from the storm, but, you know, there is still just sand whipping in every direction. So every time you open your mouth, there's a chance that you'll get a a nice sand sandwich. A sandwich. Sandwich. (laughs) Well, aren't there, like, windows we could roll up, or are they, like, open Uh, door jeep? Oh, it's an open door jeep. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, we have the front, and we have the sides, and we got the the cloth top, but the whole back would allow stuff to whip in. That's right, that's right. If you guys were going to spend a prolonged period of time within the storm itself, I might ask you to be making fatigue rolls based on the fact that all this is sort of buffeting against you. I wouldn't roll damage, but it might be like bumps and bruises or just general fatigue from difficulties. But all of her arm hair is sheared off. (laughs) It's very possible. If you're gonna use the storm to cover you as you go back to the hub, I think that's perfectly reasonable if you guys would both like to make me one vigor roll. Yeah. My D6 Vigor. Vigor. Five. Does Set have the the like the heat resistance to this? Yeah, I have environmental resistance. I think that will definitely apply to this. Okay, so I roll a six and a six. And these uh these Deadlands dice, these metal ones, are very nice to me today. Nice. nice. Not so nice a couple. <laughs> Thanks for your purchase. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Savage Worlds. Thanks, partner. Thanks, Peg Ink. <laughs> That's a that's a ten total on the dice, and if my heat resistance, I, I put heat resistance, but if you just want that to be like desert climate resistance or whatever, that would. Uh, I think that's sense. fine. Yeah, I I would. I'm abstracting it to apply to the situation because I think the intent is you're better at surviving in desert yes. environments, and while that would normally be heat, I think it applies to the yeah, situation. Yeah, so that puts well. me at a uh, sixteen total. Oh yeah, this is my, like my, you, my. you barely even notice this is happening, right? You can see through it. You have so much armor, and you're built for this climate that it's just like a slightly windy day. <laughs> driving to you. by and looking by, and he's like blinking and spitting sand out of her mouth, and I'm just like, huh. And then keep going. Trailing your hand through the air. Yeah. (laughs) Her nails are quite buffed. I think she had nail polish before they went into the sandstorm. Oh, sad. Sad. Would you like me to make a survival world and navigate back in the storm? Sure, yeah, go for it. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Where are we? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Yeah, that's a six total. Okay. Given with your dark vision and your inherent survival rule, you're able to safely navigate your way through the rest of the storm to make it out the other side and then reorient yourself back towards the hub. Mm-hmm. Couple of shots of Sia playing with coin purse. <laughs> you know, when I found this truck, coin purse was already living in it and uh, seemed like their home as much as it is mine now. So I don't know. We kicked it off. He didn't. He didn't run away or bite me or anything like that. As I reach over into the glove box and grab a couple of the crickets and start chomping on them as well. <laughs> nice. I, I would like to give both of you guys a Benny for your interactions with Coin Purse. Oh, thank you. A fun little buddy. Out of character, where does the name Coin Purse come from? Ali said that he looked like a little Coin Purse in the uh, group chat when um, oh. uh, the photo was posted. Nice. It's just like a sack of gold because yeah. of how thick he is on the bottom. <laughs> That's great. It, it sounded better than dice bag. <laughs> a little bit more universal. Yeah. Would this be about an hour of downtime so I could recharge my powers? Yeah, I think so. You can definitely recover some power points on your way back. Wonderful. No problems there. 
and then I'll burn enough to keep the dark vision up while we're going. So that puts me at, uh, I think it's 12 again. Yeah, 12. Yeah, in the case of this one, because it is a one point power and it lasts for an hour, you could just, you know, recast it at the end of that. This is the type of thing where because it lasts for an hour, you could cast it and then not cast anything for an hour and regenerate power points during that hour. So I'm I'm fine with however that factors out. I think you'd you'd probably be back to full power points by the time you reach the hub. I imagine you guys are probably at least two hours into the desert right now, yeah. just with where the ruins would have been located. So I don't have any kind of problem with that. I don't know. I haven't really run into a problem with Savage Worlds where I felt like nickel and diming power points is really important. I haven't really run into a situation where, you know, a character having so many power points has, like, abused that mechanic knowing that they'd be back to full in, like, two hours or so, like, you know, upcasting every single power and adding a ton of modifier. Like, that's never been a problem for me so far, so I'm not really worried about it. What time of day did you guys go out on your expedition? Was it, like, morning? So it's it's probably still day or heading into evening at this point. I was imagining maybe they left pre, pre-dawn. So they could get some cooler hours of travel. Yeah. Gotcha. Set. Just his natural rhythms. He wakes up near dawn, just before dawn or near dawn every morning. By the time you guys make your way back, it will be probably late afternoon, early evening. You know, it's still light out, but starting to get on. The darkness from earlier was mostly just due to the, the pending storm, which was blotting out the sun and reducing visibility. So the hub itself, I think it's mostly just colloquially referred to as the hub. It's more of an informal designation because that's where everybody shows up to. But it's just a little outpost and it's made up of several key buildings, uh, a couple of smaller businesses, and it's just a, a congregation point for people in this general area to stop for supplies. It gets some deliveries from Olera proper on occasion, that type of thing. So... Is there anything that you would like to point out about the hub before we get into anything else specific? Hmm. There's some vending machines and an old junkyard where uh, somebody maintains things and takes salvage and things like that. Do you imagine that the buildings are buildings from like pre-zero that have survived and just been re-inhabited? Do you think they've been built up from the ground themselves? Do you think it's like a little bit of both? pre-zero foundations and maybe partial walls and then repaired from there on up. Cool. Kind of the aesthetic of cargo containers and that type of stuff welded together, doors cut into them and that type of stuff. Very cool. How busy do you imagine it is? I think there's probably only a couple of permanent residents who actually live here, like five to ten permanent residents with everybody else just sort of moving through. I guess I, I imagine there probably wouldn't be more than maybe like two or three dozen people here at any given time between all the different businesses, but I don't know if you had a different idea in mind. Oh, I didn't. I, I imagined it's very outpost, not a lot of uh, people moving in and out. A shuttle that comes back and forth once in a while, but it's like maybe once a week or once a day, depending on maybe the season or people's peak interest or anything like that. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that traffic here has probably started to pick up maybe in the last couple of years, and I don't know how old Set is or how long he's been sort of operating in this area and what his history with the outpost would be. Do you have any feedback on that? Yeah, uh, I imagine what happened with Set is he's been here for a couple years. Once he became more independent, he's quite young 
for his people. And he kind of heard about this place. And maybe he found something and brought it half stumbled upon it, half uh, was seeking it out, but didn't really know where he was going and started hanging out around the area because of his curiosities about different people from his home and the various new things that he didn't have and just kind of hangs around there, endeared himself to a couple of the locals and found out about things like doing guide work and that type of stuff and set up uh, being a Pantheon agent with uh, maybe somebody here. Definitely. Do you think there's like maybe a two-story structure that's like a motel with like the outside stairs that like looks real beat beat up? I like that. Yeah, that's cool. It's probably where she is staying. Okay. So yeah, maybe there's a, a very... Some novac thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I love Novak. Novak is one of my favorite video game RPG towns of all time. I don't know why. I just, I really like Novak. And it's not just because of Dinky the Dinosaur. Yeah, I think a motel makes a lot of sense, especially if some more tourists have started occasionally making their way out here. What if there's like an empty, abandoned swimming pool, but it's being utilized for something else? Just like the structure of it? If you have a a fun name for that, you know, please feel free, but... uh... Oh, what if it's called The Hive and the person who runs it is named B? (laughs) That's fun, okay. Some of the structure outside is like octagonal windows and stuff like that. So the foundation is one of those older motels with the the stone staircases on the outside, but it's been built up and out a little bit. So it has more of a a hive-like structure, maybe looking maybe a little newer agey, perhaps some Olericorp influence. Steel or polished aluminum set up like bolted or clipped together and some of the new construction stuff that they have. Some solar panels up top. Very cool. Yeah, I like it. If there's anywhere where solar power would be good. flickering LED lights. As they're pulling up to the hub, Sia is not handling the day, the heat of the day very well because this is not her normal climate. And I think she folded like some notebook papers into a little fan and she's just fanning her face. She's very uncomfortable, very <laughs> flushed, so thirsty. Set just reaches down and grabs his canteen. So, okay, oh yeah, here, have some of this. It'll it'll keep you cool. Is it Joel? It, it's got electrolytes. <laughs> It just doesn't agree with me. Okay, uh, you um, open it, it's actually a glowing liquid. <laughs> <laughs> I grab another one. It's another canteen, looks the same, except it's got a crude drawing of a lizard face on it. And I was like, well, I give this to Coin Purse when he needs it. And that one's actually got water in it. Oh, It's I'll like try- a piece of duct tape on it with just a little cartoon lizard drawn on it for me to <laughs> recognize the difference. Love That's it. That's cute. That's very cute. Uh, she will drink this old lizard water. <laughs> All right, so when you guys uh, pull into the hub, in addition to the hive, uh, there are a couple of other buildings. There is one that is labeled Olera Assortments, the Olera Corp shop, which you know to be filled and rife with vending machines. There is a, a vendor exchange person. What would you call them? They refill the vending machines. Uh, a refiller. The filler, yes. The filler. Who uh, stops by occasionally. Oh, a stalker. A stalker. There you go. (laughs) S-T-O-C-K-E-R. Stalker. Yeah, yeah, yes. Not the stalker. That's where my mind went first. I was like, ah, okay. As you mentioned, there is a quite a large scrap or junkyard and there is a smaller garage-like structure in front of that and, you know, everything else is bound up in a fence. And there's a sign above that that says the Scrap Shack. I think we said there there was also going to be like 
I don't know if it was a diner or if it was just more of a, a gathering point where people went to hang out and eat. That sounds like a diner yeah, to me. Like kitchen. Yeah, just like a place you can go and get something cooked. Desert tavern. The honeycomb. Oh, the honeycomb. I like that. Honeycomb's big. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe it's the building next to the hub. Next to the hive, you mean? The, to, next to the hive, yeah. I like that, the honeycomb. That's cute. That's very cute. So B is the, the purveyor of both the hive and the honeycomb. Or just the yeah. hive. Or maybe, uh, maybe, maybe the um, entry is like this. The office is also like the hostess area for the honeycomb. Okay, so it it is one structure then, and it's like the the eating area is like off to one. Well, maybe like the office, the the rooms are a different structure that's like right next door. Gotcha. So you have to go there to get your room. Gotcha. Makes sense. Or it could be a an open stand there's a bar there in the wall and then there's like the kitchen behind them and then there's the seats and chairs and like a a long overhang and a tarp or an awning set up for everyone sounds very desert towny c is looking around desperately for for any hint of an air conditioner listening for the hum being disappointed probably so is the honeycomb all outside uh, maybe the a good part of it's outside, and then there's there might be like a interior area as well, like a, with you know like a counter that runs like an L shape, and then some seating. Gotcha. In there sounds so there is an in an internal or interior section as well. Do you think air conditioning exists out here? Oh God, I hope so. If you pay extra, you can get a room with air conditioning. But it's probably not offered down in the diner itself. Damn, it's a cover fee. I'm just thinking about all the times I hung out in the walk-in at the kitchen mm-hmm. when I used to work in a, in a kitchen because you know how all the heat that comes off of the cooking, <laughs> yeah. the ovens and the, the burners and all that stuff. And so like the kitchen never felt co- cool to me. So I don't, there's like this heat that's kind of inside of there once you walk into the inside and then, and then <laughs> a walk-in that uh, people <laughs> like hang out in a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like each little booth on the inside has a window air conditioner that you can turn on but then you're charged for how long you run it they're like oh you got your tickers up yeah it's fun like a little coin slot or a credit slot that you have to hit that so it blows the the air on you love it metered all right yeah so you guys pull your way back into the hub what are your plans what would you like to do seeing as uh see it doesn't seem to be handling the heat well I think I'll stop by the uh, scrap shack and see if we can scrap anything that we collected at the shack and uh, check in with the proprietor. The proprietor, as you very politely refer to him, his name is Vigo. The shack itself, the front garage area is just a very standard car garage. You know, there's a lift there to, there's probably a couple of lifts actually. I think it's quite wide. A number of vehicles in various states of disrepair you know, missing entire sides, wheels, engines taken apart, things like that. And there's a tiny office to one side as well. Vigo, I think, is probably one of the most important names at the hub. I don't think he's the main owner or anything, but he definitely owns the scrap shack and the junkyard and deals with a lot of the people coming through town. He's a human and Ori man. He has orange eyes usually with bags under them, dark starting to gray hair, bushy mustache, and not at all trimmed eyebrows. So he's just very prolific, hairy man, crinkled sun-worn skin, quite a thick build, calloused hands, usually a bit crotchety, and he's almost perpetually covered in a thin layer of silt oil and quarry residue, but probably the, the most 
ostentatious thing about him is he walks with a pronounced gait because he is missing his right leg and in its place he has a prosthetic augmentation except instead of a leg it's actually a third arm so he walks on one arm and one leg and it's sort of a very crude looking arm it's bigger and bulkier and thicker and it's got a bunch of big pincher fingers almost claw-like but they do allow him fine dexterity he just can't move around very well pet a dexterity there you go but uh yeah you can make your way uh over to the scrap shack and i think when you get there vigo probably has one of the garage doors flung open and he's currently working on one of the vehicles that's raised above him although he is lying flat on his back his left leg is out straight and then he's using both his normal hands to work and his third arm leg is like up there too so he's kind of got three hands in a, a small area and it certainly looks strange to see a leg bent in that direction she is about to say something and then uh it's gonna be rude so she doesn't say anything at all <laughs> tied that tongue huh she's preemptively tied it i'm gonna walk up to vigo hey vigo there's an audible sigh pushes himself out from uh, beneath the vehicle. He's still lying on his back. What do you call those little carts? Creepers. Are they called creepers? I think they're called creepers. Sounds, he's, yeah, he's lying on a creeper, just a little board of wood with wheels on the bottom, looking up at you guys upside down. So you're back, huh? I figured one of these Yeah, is... yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Flinches a little bit at your enthusiasm. I figured one of these days you run into someone who ain't as keen on answering your Many, many questions. I'm gonna have uh, a few more of those too. Uh, at the, uh, at the, at the. At, <clears throat> have you seen these before? And I just start pulling out the sodas from my back pocket and some of the tapes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I picked these up. I, I got, I got to, I got to go into a. Uh, I, I found some a spot, a real nice spot, spot for looking for things. Yeah, I grabbed some stuff and then, and. I found this, this stuff and I pull out the prism polish. Hmm. Let's see if Vigo knows what prism polish is. Probably got a good common knowledge. I, th I feel like he's kind of the man about town out here. So I'll give him a D8 common knowledge. Oh, blew up his eight into a seven, 15. Well, he pushes himself up, up to his feet uh, as you start unearthing your pack and showing him all the stuff. And he knows that he's gonna have to strap in for a little bit here. <laughs> he pulls out a pair of dirty glasses, rubs them on his shirt. They come away dirtier. He has to find a cleaner spot on his shirt. See a grimaces. He puts them back on and then uh, starts looking at some of the stuff you show. He kind of grunts and nods at uh, the first few baubles when you pull out the prism polish and ask him what it is. He takes it from you and rolls it over and looks at it and he says, mm, It's been a while since I've seen something like this. Welcome to the end of another main feed episode of Silica Valley. In another two weeks, we're going to have episode five for you, so I hope you're enjoying it. We're still taking some time on season break, making sure we got all our other projects addressed, so we got fresh brain for season four Neon Heat, which we got some plans for, and I am very excited about it. Music this week was by Crockett and Wave Shaper. Music this week was by Marcus D. Marcus D, you can find at MarcusD.net and at MarcusD on Twitter some patrons that I would like to thank. First up, I would love to thank Chase Absher for playing set in Silica Valley, but he's also one of the patrons I'd like to thank. So let me just do it in order, otherwise it'll mess up my flow. 
thank you to Michael, Chase, Valentine, and Ezra. Y'all are the best, the coolest, the thankiest. We're so happy to have you here. We are also very happy to have Caleb Sunstead, Jackie, Davriel, Zach, Ben Hatton, and Paxton. Thank you all for supporting us and helping us create and do, create and tell stories. It's, you guys are just the best. You can find me on Twitter at You See The Hat. You can find us on Twitter at RPG For You And Me. And that is about it, everybody. I think that's it this week. Hey, go listen to Sounds Like Crow's Terminus. It's very good. And the new episodes are pretty fucking rowdy. All right, y'all. Two weeks from now, see you with another Silica Valley. And then we'll see where we are with Neon Heat. I'll give you an update.